Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You got it? You're going to forget Flawless. in a second. <laughs> this is like all of Akatar, me just like trying to not screw all the weird fairy names up. Well, the fairy names aren't real people. It's not like you're going to piss off the fairy community. Oh, yes, I will. Really? <laughs> the the fae community of listeners. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, sounds like they should be upset. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like their whole world is built on a lie. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't get that crown against you. <laughs> I just got them on your side with um, the reading. Right. Hmm. Oh, man. <sighs> this uh, having to really go through the uh, <laughs> the slander website. I, I, of all the naughty words? Yeah. I mean, it's, it, you know, it's not it's technically them trying to say they're defending themselves or whoever put the website out, I don't know. Yeah, who like, did it? <laughs> Could be anyone. Just like a random person being like, "I'm interested in this stranger. Yes. Let me dig up their whole life and all the people they're involved with, and, and defend put them, and say all of the people are lying." Right. Um, it's supposed to be in defense, but it, it is just slanderous mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, Really, kind of get give me a headache because of how kind of manic it is. It's very manic. It's also old looking. Like it, it looks like the Space Jam website. You know what I mean? <laughs> Except it's all about the women that just want my dick. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Just like Space Jam. Yep. Yep. Isn't that what that movie's about? That's right. They all want Michael Jordan's. Wait, who was? No, not Michael Jordan. Oh my god. Oh, yeah, who was in Space Jam? I don't fucking care. <laughs> I remember the bunny girl. She was really hot. And then the woke liberals made her a tomboy. Well, they did it in that way that was the the wrong. They don't people don't understand what feminism is, which they were just like small breasts equals feminism. <laughs> that's not what that is. But that's right. That's right. Small breasts is feminism. <laughs> right. Welcome to Some Voice Underneath the Nally Jean. I'm Amber Nelson. I've got a C cup. So I'm a big old non-feminist. I don't yeah. know what that is. Trad I, wife. Uh, either that or I guess like a. Oh, you're a whore. Oh, whore. whore. Um, that sounds like my vagina's coughing. 
All right. You were <laughs> on our stream last week. You were saying that penises farted. So, you know, penis farts. Um, Ryan, please tell me the basketball player. People are going to be. Michael s- Jordan, wasn't it? In the first. Was it Michael it's Jordan? Shaquille O'Neal. Let's piss them off. Sure. I don't care. Everyone's going to be so mad. I don't give them. I don't, you know, get upset. If you get upset over a yeah, basketball Jordan. guy. Oh, wow. I was right. For some reason, I thought maybe it was Magic Johnson or something. I don't know. It was basketball. Uh, Bird. Larry Bird. That's who it was. It was. <laughs> this is him and Space Jam. Oh, why am I here? I'm Larry Bird. <laughs> the spitting representation of him. I don't know what he sounds like, but he looks awkward. Okay. We're going now. We're going back to the Space, uh, Space Jam website. Okay. Button website. There we go. We're back. We're in. We're back. We're back. Um when we last left off, we had, you know, spent a lot of the episode going over the accusers, um, some of the accusations that are coming up against the buttons and what those people have to say, the alleged victims. I mentioned again, we're talking about this website that Taylor Moore, Mitchell Button, whatever he calls himself, has potentially put up. Maybe it was somebody else. Who knows? Could That's be. the dumbest thing to do in a case. Like, shouldn't you not speak? Well, until it's done. Yeah. um, And we'll get into maybe why he did it or not why, but the reason that it didn't get stopped from being made um, this episode. But it is whoever put the up the the website up. It is very manic. It's a little all over the place. And it's somebody who's using how shall we say uh, jag off kind of language uh sort of idioms that a certain sect of our society uses phrases such as fake news oh cancel culture uh like he's gonna like throw bud light across the room and be like they came after my beer is it like that kind of guy yeah and (laughs) somebody who's constantly speaking in third person you know there there's the website uses phrases like a gold digging master class on bankrupting the buttons Wow, it's it's that's uh, articulate. He sat and thought about that. Well, whoever did it definitely feels very proud about the the sort of metaphors they use, the analogies. Um, the website makes my skin crawl for sure. Beyond it being slanderous and probably a really bad idea legally, um, it has some sort of terroristic, not not physical harming threats against the uh, people involved in this court case but it is definitely to intimidate it would seem and I think that in court that would be pretty easily argued that it was put up to intimidate the uh, the alleged victims and also it's just really embarrassing uh, it reads like a complete wanker put it together um, don't get me wrong it's disturbing as well but I mean like for example the at the bottom of this this website the, the justice for buttons website they have taken out an LLC and it's copyright the seven deadly sin bracket nurse and bracket LLC. So, and there's seven women coming out against him, right? Right. So he's saying these are the seven deadly sinners. What a weird guy. Yeah, and also it's just kind of it's it, it's I don't want to downplay it by saying it's corny, but it is corny. I'm just yeah. saying it from like an artistic perspective. Also. The bracket should just be the N-E-R because if you have the N-E-R-S in the brackets, then it's seven, dev- se- seven deadly sin. 
if you take the brackets away. This is not important. No, but, it, but fanatically it is. <laughs> he sounds like the kind of guy that would have like a barbed wire tattoo around his arm. Yeah. I mean, you know. That's the tramp stamp for men. It is. I have a tramp stamp. I can attest that is the tramp stamp for men. Um, mine's flowers, though. <laughs> of Isn't course, because cool? you're a girl. Yep. A girl grew up in the 2010s and 2000s. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you can just feel how proud this writer is of the Santandra. Um the gold diggers, by the way, this this author is referring to is also in reference to the many women who've come forward saying that the Buttons have assaulted them or just Taylor Moore has assaulted them. And if that were the case, he continues to because also this is something that why I think probably it was Taylor Moore Button, you know, producing this website is because he has openly also said that himself that the women are chasing his money and has bankrupted them but if that were the case they wouldn't be very intuitive gold diggers because as we've mentioned before the buttons first off they may have been doing well but they weren't fuck you rich they weren't the kind of wealth that you could just exploit and take and become rich yourself and you know, they're not doing well now. It, it And it seems to be a lot of these people like Sage, the lead person. There's a lot of other people in this circle who they could have received way more money f- from if they were really just trying to get them for their money. Yeah, go after Bill Gates or something. Or even but or, she, she even if she made this like we talked about last episode. Why not go after like Boston Ballet? Yeah, the whole company instead right. of this one guy. But it makes sense because he sounds like an extreme narcissist. So, of course, he thinks like, I've got all the money and the Rolex watches. Yeah. And, you know, again, we 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 all throw that word around a lot and we don't we can't clinically diagnose him. But he has a lot of traits that I would probably associate with something like that. Yeah. Also, he. <laughs> so. One of the other claims that he makes is that for several of them who we discussed from whenever he was younger at the dance studio in Florida, he's saying that they're disgruntled former lovers. Um, First off, they were minors. So, no. Also, I wish I could sue my ex or if every time I had bad sex, like I didn't come. You're getting sued. But he's saying the opposite. His dick was... So incredible. Oh. I, I simply gotta get that dick, Your Honor. Oh, my God. It's kind of like what he's saying they're suggesting. I just had too many orgasms. I have to sue him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's quite laughable to suggest, suggest that these women simply were so scorned from not being able to touch his penis any longer that he had they had to take him to court, he and his wife, which is... He obviously is not saying it in those terms, but it is inferring that because they are scorned lovers of his that he left. And so they're they want to get him because, man, that dick. And I'm making light of it because you got to laugh sometimes. But they were also fucking minors. They were minors. minors. They're children. That's insane to say on publicly as your defense. But that's what's happening currently. So no. They are not getting money from this. So, again, gold diggers, not only is this, like, likely a drain on these victims, alleged victims' own own finances, their emotional health, 
and pulling them away from their very established lives, there is really no reward that will come from this, except if they succeed and getting a potentially dangerous person away from vulnerable young people. for And we talked about this on the stream that we had with Mackenzie. A lot of times when you take on these kind of lawsuits, it's not really going to be financially beneficial to the victim. It's, it's more so you're almost doing a service yeah, because just, it's going to ruin your life, kind of. Yeah, because you want to get them away from other people, from other kids. Yeah. And to, like, raise awareness. And also, I think my roommate the other day, she said somebody had come and just, like, hit her on the street. And she went to the police station to file a report. They did nothing. I said, but it's good that you did that because now next time that person does something really violent, they can look and say, oh, look at all these other accusations they've had in yeah. the books. Yeah. You know, so if you come out, if these women come out and say, he did this, he did this, then after seven cases, that means a lot. It does. And also, I hate that you have to nonchalantly just mention your friend got hit in the face. Yeah. But yeah. City living. Just a random guy. That's great. <laughs> A guy, uh, a guy who I think was probably homeless in New York years back tried to throw a punch at me, but he was not fast enough and I got to dodge it. Oh, well, good. That's benefit of... Did he fall down? Did he go, oh! No, he just kept walking. He really did, though. And it was it wasn't because it was just he he saw maybe a lady. A lady, I don't know. yes, a, a girl. Maybe he had a flashback of something. Anyway, so there's seven women. So it's good that they came forward. So now there's a case here. Yes. And so, yes. So they're, they're not, there's no gold to be mined is basically what I'm saying. Because, you know, who has gold dug them so entirely, scraped out the buttons mine so thoroughly that the walls have collapsed and all the miners have died oh. inside, is their former attorney, <laughs> whose name is Mark Rendaza. And he's a bad guy, right? You you know, you can... People are either good or bad, Natalie, and there's no in-between. <laughs> I would personally, if I were just of my own opinion, maybe I would call him a bad guy. All right. But I think other people would argue that he is doing his job, that this is what some attorneys need to do to make our justice system work. Everybody deserves a lawyer. Yes. And, and, and speaking about him, it's not necessarily relevant to the Buttons' credibility, credibility but it is... Interesting, or at least of note, to talk about him a little bit um, because of what well, we'll get into. So, last episode, we spoke about how Sage Humphreys, who is the alleged victim who began the process of filing this lawsuit that now is seven, well, now it is six because the one woman retracted. Well, not retracted, she pulled out of the she got lawsuit scared. because of threats. Yeah. Um, not because she was taking her statement back. Um, Which, can you counter sue for that and just be like, Oh, so I was suing and then you threatened me. So I like, took it back. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have to see how that plays out. But I, I don't think that the, the method the buttons are taking right now is a very good idea. No. I will say that. Um, so Sage is the one who started this lawsuit and she is being we mentioned before. She's being represented by Sigrid McCauley, who was famously representing Virginia Jufri, along with other victims of Jeffrey Epstein. But beyond that. She has taken on other really huge, like, class action lawsuits in one, as well as the, quote, non-sexy kind uh, that are, you know, not – there's no real money to be made, but it's, like, victims in, in foster right. care. So she's, she's, she's kind of a big deal lawyer. She wouldn't just take something bunk. First off that, but also she's taken on a lot of 
vulnerable women's cases where it was it wasn't like, oh, she was taking things on that would be, oh, let's test it out whether or not it's true. It's like very vulnerable women who are facing very scary adversaries. She's taken them on regardless of the fact that they don't have money. So we'll say it that way. Macaulay, uh, and this is a, and this is according to the UK paper The Telegraph. Macaulay had been volunteering with victims of abuse and working with children in the foster care system in Palm Beach, Florida. So, her background is in women's advocacy work, basically. So after law school, she spent time a lot of her time volunteering at women's shelters, offering legal aid to the women there. And she took on and won a class action lawsuit against Amway, oh. which, if you're not familiar, is one of the oldest MLM schemes in the country. Yeah. And, and it does defraud people um, pretty regularly. It, she eventually won victims of their fraud and racketeering $155 million. Wow. But her work with the Epstein victims is what really brought her name into the general public. And she did much of that work pro bono because those women don't come from money. She also is a mother of four. So I get it. I'm a failure. I understand. <laughs> okay. I get it. Um, conversely. You're working hard. You're working hard, Nan. <laughs> what are you doing good? I don't know. It's debatable. So conversely, their defense attorney for the Buttons, in, who is no longer their defense attorney, is me, is Mark Rendeza. Oh, this guy. This guy looks like he'd shake my hand really long. And like he looks like the kind of guy, you know, when they shake a hand and you put the little finger in your ew, palm ew, and like ew. scratch it a little bit. Yeah, it's like kind of wet. Like a fingery thing. He looks like he does that. Ugh, wet. Um, he's got the face of a hustler. I will say that. Yeah. And that's not fair. I'm being unfair. I don't give saying, a shit. But... Be unfair. Life isn't fair, Natalie. You're right. So his background, he took a different path, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Um He's most known as being a First Amendment provocateur. Oh. Let's say. So in one of the first links that pops up when you Google his name is www.corruptrandaza.com. Um, <laughs> so, which is his own, it's an, his own slander site, which, you know, you, t- you could take that as a, with a grain of salt. It could just be like mm-hmm. some some enemy of his. It could be not fair. But... It's a site that lists all of his, quote, bar complaints and facts about him and also opinions about his tactics, like from Twitter and stuff. So, oh, and he sat down and typed this out himself no, like no, a this big is, boy? This is somebody else wrote about oh, him. Oh, I thought he did his own little website. No, he did a web—this website is very anti-him. Oh. So— and it's Ooh. like the second thing that pops up when you Google him. <laughs> Can you imagine a whole website with someone being like, I don't like you? Ugh. Well, I mean, if you're a Scientologist, that can happen. If you are one of these unfortunate victims, I can see that happening. Yeah. Um, I would be again, embarrassed. Oh, yes. I don't know if he gets embarrassed, to be honest. If you go down this line of work, you probably have to kind of lose that early on in the career. But Oh, you say? Oh, yeah. I'm looking at some of the people you wrote down. He's he's familiar with. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna probably have you read those, Amber. Okay. Um, so again, this website doesn't necessarily. I couldn't go. It's a vast amount of information on it, so I couldn't go through everything. I can't confirm or deny everything that's written on that to be true. But you know, it is it is a bunch of stuff about bar complaints and things that you probably could track as being like legal documents. So 
it doesn't like bode well for him to have that probably at the top. Again, though, we're talking about a slander website for victims. So I don't want to then turn around and be like, this slander website's fine, though. These men are um, messy. They are messy. Yes. Messy. So some of the more notable clients of Mark Randazza include Infowars and Alex Jones, Twitter troll Mike Cernovich, public menace and Holocaust denier Chuck Johnson, self-proclaimed neo-Nazi and editor of The Daily Stormer Andrew Englin, reporter for The Gateway Pundit Jordan Conradinson. I would say the, you know, everyone deserves a fair trial. Yes. If, if I don't like you or like your politics, you still deserve a lawyer and you still Agreed. deserve a fair trial and you deserve your First Amendment right. Right. An attorney representing those groups doesn't necessarily make him a scumbag. No. It's it's not. Yes, I think for our justice system to work, and I think most people would agree with this, you, you those people need representation yeah. and they need to have a fair trial. Um, however, the, the lineup... Is fascinating. Just a real who's who of parasitic worms feasting on the belly of an elephant. Um, These guys, they're all like the kind of guy when you go to a a car shop and they want to tent your windows. You know what I mean? (laughs) And put like the Punisher on it and be like, this one's got that little boy peeing. Oh, Punisher and little boy peeing. Yeah, yeah. They they look like in another life they would put like dirty decals on your car. It's like those kind of guys. Do they have the... Little boy peeing with wearing the Punisher mask. They must have that detail somewhere. They have somewhere. to. Please send that to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I can put it on my you, ass. You can get it tattooed. That's right. Um, yeah. So I don't know if you noticed anything else about all these clients, Amber, but they are all collectively First Amendment warriors. Yes. Thank you. They're warriors, warriors of the First Amendment. Exactly. <laughs> um, Good for them. They are irritators. I think we can agree that they and they would probably agree that they like to get in your face and be like First Amendment, though. But First Amendment, it's like the human embodiment of the I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you when they have their finger like an inch away from you. Yeah. yeah, They're just being like, I can say it's the First Amendment. So but are you going to do that? So, all right. Um, saying things that are technically, you know, they say things within technically within the range of protected free speech sometimes, but then they don't always say things that are necessarily within the First Amendment, which is why Mark Rendazza steps in because right. he goes like, "No, they're allowed to say it. They are allowed to say the worst things on earth because it's the First Amendment. Um, that's what his job is." So, again, I do believe it's important that, that they have attorneys. To represent people who like are like this, right? Misunderstood, misunderstood young men. <laughs> yes. And you know what? I say bullshit all the time, and I've been sued. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. You know, so, we yeah. we had we had a cease and desist put on us. That's before. right. You're oh, you'll hear more about this one day, friends. One day you'll get more of that story. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and Sirius XM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and Sirius XM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. This is a message for anyone with high LDLC or bad cholesterol who has had or is at risk of having a cardiovascular adverse event. Merck is studying an investigational medication to see whether it may help lower the risk of future cardiovascular adverse events. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death worldwide. And in the United States alone, there are over 73 million people living with high LDLC. To learn about whether you may qualify, visit CoralReefStudies.com now. Again, that is C-O-R-A-L-R-E-E-F-S-T-U-D-I-E-S dot com. Yeah, and you know, somebody has to have the bravery to defend these people and defend people like MILF hunters, which is an actual client of Mark's. MILF hunter? Yes. I kind of like it. What do they hunt them with? Like a big bazooka gun shaped like a dick? I don't know why he needed to represent them, but maybe it was because they were hunting them with weapons. I don't know. <laughs> Again, that sounds like a car decal. MILF hunters, like on the back? I'm sure that exists. Um, Bang Bus is another one of his clients. Bang Bus? If the government will not allow us to bang on a bus, they're going to enter your bedroom next. <laughs> See, that's what I would say if I was defending them. That's right. Um, and people should bang on it. There's clothes. The kids aren't around. They can't see. I assume. I think that would... I, my guess, I didn't look into this case at all. My guess is that it is a bus that people have sex on in there. Somebody was trying to like be like, that's not legal. And he's... Oh. But that, that's not First Amendment. But it's kind of in that same... He, re, he represents a lot of different adult entertainment people which That's is good. great sure i'll look at, i'll do my own little personal research tonight yeah yeah you go look at all the web you'll find bangbus.com and mm-hmm. tell me all about it okay write a report um so yeah so what what is the buttons case not a first amendment rights based case very interesting to me so pretty much every case that he is known for that he takes on is based on First Amendment or something similar with like the adult industry challenges or, or, you know, people pushing against extreme adult industry industry things. He says he's actually said in in quote that he got into law based on the people versus Larry Flint. So he was that's something he was interested in. Okay, The Buttons case is none of those things. It's incredibly different. And that's odd to me. But it's got sexual connotation to it. But it's not. It is a. It isn't completely just child's sexual exploitation and abuse case. It has nothing to do with right. the entertainment in that way, except 
that Taylor would often say that he could make them a star or whatever. But I don't know. But Taylor's denying that. So I don't know what this has to do with anything that he does, which is I find just very peculiar. Maybe they're bros. They probably got along at the golf club or something. Could be. It could be. These kind of guys, they all hang out together. I don't know exactly why. Right. As far as I've been able to tell, this is his first first in his catalog of notable clients who is facing sexual assault charges. In fact, on his own biography, this this attorney, his website says he's a nationally known First Amendment and intellectual property attorney. This has nothing to do with what they're getting sued for. So how does this play in the suit against the buttons? I have no idea. Uh, it's It seems... Peculiar. Peculiar. Hmm. It seems like the, the way our legal system is set up, however, is that the people who routinely represent extremists really seem to enjoy it, right? So is it that because he wanted a high-profile case? Right. I mean, if you're in this world, you're, you get serotonin from these, like, little naughty things, these sort of First Amendment naughty things, bang bus, whatever, First Amendment speech. So it's kind of like to have a normal conversation, you'd be bored? Sure. And even though, so this has nothing to do with the First Amendment, but maybe he likes that element of it that it's like... Exciting. I guess some people would say exciting. I don't know if I would call it exciting. Yeah, because it's like kids involved. Yeah. Um, But maybe delights in that sort of nihilistic approach of trying to defend the indefensible kind of stuff. And and I'm not trying to put this out there to to do this angel-devil comparison between the lawyers. Yes, you are. Sigrid is so good and the mean man. He's bad. He's a bad man. He's mean. Sigrid could also be taking these kind of cases for the clout and not give a fuck. But as I was saying last time, this only further indicates to me that there's a serious amount of evidence regarding these accusations because she is taking them on. That she's not interested in the circus aspect of it as much as he is where she's trying to be taken seriously. Right. She's not on the bang bus. As far as I know, Sigrid has never been on the bang bus. And I will stand behind that quote. So, yeah. And I mean, even we as the public already have a substantial amount of evidence. So they definitely have more that we haven't seen. So it seems to me like they have a pretty strong case. Whatever the reason Mark is involved, he is or he was, I should say, attempting a scorched earth tactic. So not only was he going after the women involved in the suit, he was also going after several other people in a countersuit, and this is something we're going to have to speak on our law, our law friends, where it's t- speak to her about what it means. Because so the suit th- that Sage has against the Buttons, the Buttons were attempting to countersue people who were not a part of the lawsuit, which is confusing to me. That's a lot. So basically, what Mark was, I think, the tactic he and the Buttons were trying to take was to say specifically towards Sage and not even referencing the other women, that Sage was actually trafficked by these other people. It wasn't me. It wasn't me and my wife. It was these other people, including her own parents and this man named Daryl Katz. He is a billionaire and owner of the Edmonton Oilers, which is a hockey team. I had to Google it. All right. You don't know. Um, (laughs) All right. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so he is the, this like drug tycoon inherited money guy, um, who they are claiming 
was somebody who trafficked Sage and not them. Very strange tactic. Is it just some random guy or did they ever like cross paths? No, they, they did cross paths. So okay. let's get into that. This is definitely a Mackenzie conversation. Oh, yeah. And she will. Next, I think the next one we do, we'll definitely just do dusty button questions because there's so many weird things in here. So um, basically in this countersuit that they were putting out, they were attempting to claim that this cat's gentleman was the one trafficking Sage and that they obtained transactions where he does, in fact, transfer $50,000 to Sage. Ooh. This is true. Both Sage and Daryl claim that this was for a movie production that they were going to make together. And listen, that sounds shady as hell. <laughs> I have no idea what the deal is really between those two. Maybe it was. This guy is kind of creepy and... No offense to this man, but he does kind of look like the kind of guy who would pay young women large sums of money for sex, okay? I'm going to look him up. I, I Let me forewarn you. He has had a, a bacterial infection, so his face is caved in. <laughs> Great warning, <laughs> Natalie. Oh, is it this guy? Yes, but that's before his face was caved Whoa, in. Whoa, the next picture. I mean, I don't want to shame the bacterial infection. He yeah, does? because oh. when you first see that picture... It's easy to make a jump. Not that I did it. <laughs> I did a jump, <laughs> make a jump live on air. To jump conclusions. It looks like he had some kind of weird plastic surgery and you're like, oh, but it's because he had this terrible affliction. That's why his face looks like that. Um, but I don't know. I could be totally off base. Maybe he's the, the most kind, generous, uh, you know, billionaire. He looks like a skinwalker. Let's be honest, okay? <laughs> Maybe he's a very nice man. And also I should say, he did actually have a production company at the time called Silver Pictures Entertainment. Okay. So at the very least, he was dedicated enough to the trafficking that he put together a shell company. But it could also have just been a, an actual company. God, can you imagine that guy being like, have sex with me! Have sex with me, Nelly! You know... I'm going to say at 18, 19 years old, if you offered me $50,000, I'd at least consider it. Oh, of course. So anyway. That's mean. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. I mean, I don't. Whatever. Should I be meaner? (laughs) (laughs) Wait. I don't know. Were you not mean enough? I don't know anymore. I don't either. It's hard to. I I can't really make a moral judgment on this guy. I don't know anything about him except for in this case. Um, But. There was a there was a genuine exchange of money between them, but he did actually own a movie company, like production company at the time. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Regardless of what's going on, so let's just go back. Whatever is going on between Sage and this Katz fellow, the Buttons were claiming in this countersuit that he trafficked her when she was seventeen, aka a minor. Katz's team, by the way, this has been dropped already. This countersuit. Katz's team says that regardless. They do proclaim they have not, they did not traffic her for sex or um, offer her money for sex. Regardless of that, the money they exchanged was after Sage was 18 and thus not a child trafficking issue in any case. Sage has only affirmed that they had no sexual interaction, that there was none between her and Mr. Katz. And frankly, what I will say is that if she was a, quote, gold digger chasing down money, 
it would make a lot more sense to go after this guy, right? Yeah. And also 17-year-olds, they're not gold diggers. They're just figuring out how to tie their shoelaces. Yes. Like, what's going on? Well, th- th- that's the thing is like the Mitchell Button Moore family is trying to play kind of both sides of this being like, no, she was victimized actually by somebody else, but also she's trying to steal our money. <laughs> so it's it's not a great defense. Um, but frankly, if she was trying to take money He's worth $4.4 billion. Why wouldn't she have done that instead of go after the buttons? Right. So I'm sure even if she had whispered foul play at this man, he would have just slipped her money to make it go away. I mean, I'm speculating, but a lot easier money exchange if we were going to go, if, if Sage was just after the buttons money, right? Yeah. Just saying. So the buttons retracted their accusations against Katz, uh, Daryl Katz, in August of 2022. And Mark Randazza issued a public apology and retracted. Their countersuit went away. And now, as much as I want to gloat about this, that could be for a number of reasons, including and not limited to the fact that Katz is a billionaire and he probably is capable of getting a lot of shit swept under the rug, right? However, in my humble opinion, This was more of a smoke being thrown in front of the evidence against the couple. To me, it feels much more like they were going like, look over there. No, but look at this stuff over here. Because that seems to be the tactic they're taking across the board with it. Yeah. And a lot of these people, when you get into sort of a debate with them, they will purposely change the goalposts, nitpick. Um, say things that make you go crazy. And they're Mm -hmm. just like, see, look how crazy you are. And I'm like, you're like a gaslight girl boss. Right. So I think that that it's potential the Buttons had this attorney who liked to make things theatrical. Yeah. And went, we have this text exchange between them. Look at this. This guy gave her $50,000. He must have been trafficking her, right? So, um... So, yeah. So Mitch Taylor, Mitch, Mitchler, Mitchler Morton. I don't know what Mitchler, Baylor, Button, Taylor, soldier, spy. <laughs> he also does this when he it's a deflection. He does this when he was showing the receipts for the airsoft guns that we talked about last time where he was there was multiple of the women in the suit saying that they were afraid of him because of the guns. That the gun room. The gun room. One of the women from his past said that she watched him pull an AK-47 out on a man once. Guns are repeating um, theme in all of their accusations. These men sound scary. They're like Bond villains. Guns and face shit. I mean, he's... Uh, this and is an lawyers? opinion. This is crazy, Natalie. I find this man a little bit scary. Uh, again, he's innocent at this point. But the idea of him showing receipts for airsoft guns doesn't negate him having actual guns, which is what the defense keeps being on his part. So it seems to me, again, it's like this isn't disproving what you've done. You're just showing evidence of some other thing that's yeah. happened. So. It's sort of that same mentality of being like, look over here, which I'm not saying they're guilty, but it seems like not a great defense, in my opinion. So Sage getting paid by just the way the airsoft gun thing doesn't absolve him from having real guns. Yeah. Sage getting paid by cats for whatever reason doesn't absolve them of their crimes. Yeah. Yeah. 
So it's essentially making the same argument as I haven't raped her because she's a whore. She has sex with everyone. How could I have raped her? Um, If your defense is mostly slander based, it doesn't necessarily make you look very good in the courts. Randazza was not only going after this Katz fellow, but again, like I said, four other people, including Sage's parents. The suit claimed that Humphreys had been victimized not by the Buttons, but by five third-party defendants, including her parents, when Humphreys was still a minor. The accusations ranged from child prostitution and child sex trafficking to statutory rape. As for the claims against Humphreys' parents, Micah and Michael Humphreys, the court dismissed them last month for lack of jurisdiction. This is from Cosmopolitan again. Um, So... They had to basically pull this countersuit away completely. There just wasn't anything they could. No meat. Right. Um, So, uh, and also, and or you could say also maybe Daryl Katz just had really good lawyers and were able to make that go away. So, again, exactly what all of this means. We need to go our smart lady friend. Eventually on our stream. So on October of 2022, the Buttons say they were forced to let their attorney go because they had run out of money. So I don't think Mark's doing any pro bono work here, I'm going to guess. No. Um, So they basically, they claim they spent half a million dollars um, with Marky there. And to be frank, seems like a vast waste of money. <laughs> That's a lot of money. That's more money than I will see in my whole entire life. They just did on one lawsuit. I think you'll see more than that in your life, but I will manifest money, Natalie. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, and I don't think that they're necessarily lying. I, those that kind of high-profile attorney is very, very expensive. He's getting a ski do for that. He is, and I don't think he did anything to help them the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so. Why was this man taking their case on? I don't know. But he did pull away from it. Or, okay, they said that they ran out of money. As far as I know, Mark has not made any sort of statement about the buttons. But there's something interesting of note. They do say they let him go in October of 2022 due to lack of funds. However... In September 2022, Humphreys filed a motion for sanctions against the Buttons for unlawfully obtained information from her iPhone, which was partially granted this past December, including an award of attorney fees. A second motion for sanctions, this one filed in January by all the plaintiffs, alleges that the Buttons violated the December order and, in addition, are carrying out an unlawful campaign of online harassment and intimidation against the plaintiffs and potential witnesses, including on social media platforms. The Buttons have denied these allegations and filed a motion to strike, which the court has not yet ruled on. So, all of that is to say, the month before they let their attorney go, they got these new charges brought against them from Sage and her, her attorneys. So... My question, I guess, here is, was that was, did that have something to do with why his why he's not in the case anymore? Were they going against his advisement? Was was there an issue with like, oh. or did he encourage them to do this? So basically, what they're saying, Sage is, is saying, and, and the court was agreeing that they got some of the stuff from her personal iPhone cloud and I think that's where they found the $50,000 text 
uh, from Daryl Katz, Mm -hmm. that they obtained that unlawfully. So they somehow accessed her private files. And so she filed a motion for them. And that happened in September. In October, their attorney went bye-bye. Was that... Were they correlated? I don't know. But that's an interesting time period. Yeah. So, you know, this was six months ago from recording. This this is all happening pretty much in real time almost. Um, so would that be a reason to sever ties with this couple? Or was Mark telling them to steal files? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I guess if you're a high profile lawyer, you would just be like, shut up and lay down. Like, don't talk. Except this guy loves a circus. He loves a circus. So I don't know. Um, I can only assume or make a a call as a civilian. But it seems like this website that they've put up would be considered a very bad idea legally. Um, But Mitch Button, old Mitchie Button, seems sort of defiant in general, his attitude is often defiant, and it doesn't seem that much of a stretch that he would refuse to follow advice or like comply with law if he felt threatened. And so, I don't know if this website came from like blessings of his former attorney or not, but it seems to me like an attorney should say, "Hey, you shouldn't put this website up, like calling these women names and stuff." Um, but it's up. I don't know. I'm curious to see how long it's going to stay up. I keep checking and it keeps staying. Honestly, some of the most compelling insight into these people, the buttons, that is, are from the videos that Taylor himself put up on this website. So he's just like spoon feeding the jury his (laughs) own guilt. The Sigrid McCauley team must be just like, yes, yes, just like taking it all down. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today.
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. So, and it's it's confusing because last week I had mentioned how a lot of what he what he posted doesn't make him look good and it seems like he thinks it's proving himself. He's an alpha, Natalie. He's a big strong alpha. Sure. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> However, I think a lot of the things he's saying He's posting saying like, look, obviously she's a whore, like kind of saying those words. It actually is counterintuitive to like proving his innocence. Yeah, because he's like, look at these seven women that don't know each other and they're all coming after me. I would just be like, huh. And he's putting up a lot of private videos of his like clips that it's strange. So. I'm try. I try to look at their media presence objectively, but it, it's it's really difficult to not see an overbearing husband in this couple and a sort of childlike submissive appearance from Dusty. That's scary. And this is my opinion, my personal opinion. Yeah. This is not to take blame away from Dusty if they are found guilty, but every utterance from Dusty about her husband is very reverent. And adoring in old past interviews. And she says, like, he's her biggest inspiration and she looks to her husband for everything. And that alone is like, that's not necessarily like evidence. But yeah, I mean, with, your husband should be your inspiration, right? But with all of the compounding stuff that we're having come out, it does take a different tone, I guess. Um, We'll never know how he speaks on her because he removed himself from the Internet except for these things that he put up on his website or whoever put it up. (laughs) So, by the way, this is all uh, this is another hearsay thing I have from my life. But I have a dancer friend who I was speaking about all of this to recently, and she also was aware of these accusations and had done her own look into both Mitchell and Dusty back when the articles started coming out last year. And she says, and I have no reason to believe that she would be making this up, that she found a lot of media presence of his online right at the top. And when she went back just like a month later or so, every piece of it seemed to have vanished. Wow. And there are specialists who you can hire to help you remove your IP basically from the Internet. This could be a thing that happened that he did. Um, It would lead me further to further believe that he maybe did just that, that he hired somebody to help remove every piece of him from the Internet. Um, Even the stuff that's available about Dusty seems sort of sparse, even as though they pulled as much as they could off about her. But she's also a public figure, so you can't really fully remove her from the Internet. But as he was always sort of in the shadows, it's easier for him to d- disappear himself. Yeah. And why would he feel the need to do that if he's such an innocent, upstanding man? Yeah, but on top of that, he did all of that work to do that. But what he posted himself on this site, this defense of the button site, 
there's so many weird video, like personal home videos that he posted flashing of seconds of footage of him and Sage kissing, Sage kissing Dusty, the three of them like doing stuff together in these boomerangs, pictures of one of the other victims, the victim who retracted herself from the lawsuit. He has still a full slander video about her up on that site. He kept it up even after she retracted. Is he trying to say like, see, these girls wanted it. So they couldn't have been trafficked. They wanted to be there, even though they're underage. Well, they well, the girls that he posted, for example, Sage, the videos he posted, she was 18 in them. But they were, you know, it's not breaking the law that they were having sex with her. But I do think that he's trying to show there's no way I could have ever raped her because, look, she's kissing me in this picture. Right. And remember, that's when we posted the the photo of Virginia Jufri with Prince Andrew, like with her hands around his waist. And like, I guess that he couldn't have raped her. Or trafficked her. Because look at this picture. Um, That's not evidence, basically. So it's weird that he, even though this one woman pulled herself out of the lawsuit, it's strange that they would keep this video up on, on her slandering her too. And there's all of this intimate video. He posted multiple videos with her and... Again, calls this woman who retracted, who pulled off in the lawsuit, calls her the assaulter. So he's now called both Sage and this other dancer. And I'm going to I'm going to say her first name, Juliet, that they assaulted the couple. These two tiny young ballerinas separately assaulted the couple. They were the assaulters. (laughs) They had all the power. Don't you see? It's a strange tactic. I I know that it's possible. No, they assaulted me. Yeah. I know that that is a thing that can feasibly be possible. I find it very difficult. They're going to have a hard time convincing a jury that two separate 90-pound ballerinas separately at different times and places assaulted the couple, a 30-something-year-old man and his wife. Um, So... Uh, he wishes. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. So um, in the videos that are posted on this Justice for the Buttons uh, website, there's all of these voyeuristic type videos of Dusty with Juliet that are really creepy um, to me. It looks like they're almost being stalked by him. They, they know he's there, but it's almost like he's a voyeur documentarian, documentarian following them around, doing different kinds of clips of them, but like not being a part of the m- moment. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it would be as though you hired a stranger to follow you around, but it's their friend and husband who's just silently just like zooming on on their butts and like doing all this stuff. And... That's what he posted on the website, being like, see, I took videos of her butt. How he could I have crazy? <sighs> and- I mean, maybe he was just like, oh, she likes the butt. Zoom in. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. He sounds like a real film director over here. Yeah, he's a real film director. So this is the stuff that he posted himself or whoever made the website. And so... It's what this only leads me to believe that then they're going to try to subpoena to get the hard drives of his videos and there's going to be stuff on there 
that he doesn't want to be seen in court. So I don't know why this why he decided to do this. But it's too late. Like too even late. if I post even if we put this episode out and for some reason somebody says to them, you should probably take those videos down, it's too late. The team the other side's already gonna have all this stuff. Yeah. Um so when I speak of this dynamic, this powerful on the outside dancer Dusty, like this very big star of the ballet world who's also simultaneously dominated on the inside allegedly by their partner and because I don't know their true dynamic mm-hmm. it calls to mind you know another of this kind of relationship which we're going to talk about way more next episode this sort of I was calling it this a safety beard earlier yeah um you know where the it's a very specific person who brings on a safe person to recruit young people, the Ghislaine, we'll say, to get into their circle. And so a honey trap. A honey trap, sure. Somebody who vulnerable, innocent people will trust a lot of times because the person's a woman. Mm-hmm. And so that that seems to be potentially the dynamic here between Dusty and Mitchell. We don't know. I mean, that could be me. That could be me easy. I got nice, kind eyes, and I fall in love. If I get dick from the right kind of man, it'd be like, hey. Oh, you would traffic for him? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hey, girls, get over here, because I've been dickmatized, you know? Dickmatized. It happens, Natalie. You would never traffic girls. No, I don't think I would. You would never do that. (laughs) But I can see how. Hey, girls. Hey, girls. Let's have a manicure party. Yeah. That's my husband. No big deal. He's in the corner filming us. He's just filming. Don't worry about it. (laughs) It's no big deal. He's going to make you a star with his camcorder. Um, Yeah. So, yes, I think that it's easy to fall in. But we have to think about, we have to talk about, too, and, like, legally we need to understand. It's confusing. Like, what account do they hold? At I don't know. the end of the day, so I mean, I like the band Fish because I dated a guy with a nice dick, right? So, like, sure. if I did, if if I like went to a Fish concert and had a good time, anything's possible. <laughs> Were you eighteen at the time? <laughs> no, I was like twenty five. <laughs> I was a full mature woman. Well, it's different though if the person's underage whenever they start right. going to Fish concerts with a man, right? <laughs> okay. So, another dynamic of this type um it's this other this calls to mind this other relationship this that of a wildly popular mexican pop star of the 90s whose name is gloria trevi she was unknown to me until i had started working on this season but our good friend and colleague carolina hidalgo uh from no dogs in space the podcast remembers her very well as a kid growing up in mexico so i have to thank carolina from the from the very top of before we even start talking about Gloria for all of her help in answering my questions and translating books and documents from Spanish for me. Um, Fernando, our producer as well, remembers her and has been helping me. Um, I'm not going to speak on as an authority on Gloria because I would butcher her story. I don't, I didn't grow up with her, but I want to give you the rundown through this series and help like try to explain why I'm bringing her up mm-hmm. in this series. So, you know, we're going to just talk about her at the top at the very end here. And then we're going to have a full episode after this about her, at least one, maybe two. Um, 
she was a huge, huge pop star in Mexico. I've I've watched you know a bunch of her now, and I can definitely understand why she was star quality. She reminds me a lot of Lady Gaga. I know Ooh. she was called like the Madonna of Mexico at the time. Ooh, <clears throat> she sounds beautiful. She's beautiful, and I mean, very talented. Her voice is incredible. She's got a really cool, like, fun energy on stage. Um, but uh oh, yeah. So she had risen up the ranks in this girl group that she was a part of that disbanded in the mid 80s. So oh so she like the Beyoncé who was in Destiny's basic, Child basically. and then now is like the queen basically. So she had this girl group it broke up in the mid 80s and uh, as she was attempting to branch out on her own from that girl group she was a she approached a man in 1988 who would change her life in many ways but probably not in the ways that she imagined. Her name, his name is Sergio Andrade. Oh my god, it's okay because you before the episode started, you were like you ran to go ask Carolina how to pronounce it, and it's been like a full hour, so I can see how that left your brain. Oh man, it's okay. I'm so sorry to everyone. Sergio, Sergio, Sergio Andrade, Andrade. I think you're doing your best, Natalie. Sergio. And he's a bad guy, too, right? He's not a good guy. Okay. Once again, there can only be good or bad. I promise that I will say it better next episode. Okay. He was a prolific at the time musician, uh, you know, singer, songwriter, tastemaker, producer. While Gloria is famous enough that she has been covered in, you know, multiple countries over this case and for her her music you know rolling stone and all that so her her name is in, is known a lot more in other non spanish speaking countries um sergio gets to skirt a lot of the heat for this entire story because in those spaces he's really only ever mentioned he is only discussed heavily in Spanish speaking articles and videos, which is the benefit of being the guy behind the scenes, Ooh. which is why Mitchell allegedly was able to, to kind of remove his image. And every time these stories come up, it's Dusty. <sighs> Dusty's picture, Dusty's picture. You hardly ever see pictures of him. And she's not even the main one. Right. Oh, that's so sad. I feel bad for her. I mean... But also don't. Yeah, no. I don't know. I don't know how to feel. I don't know either. It's complicated, right? So there was a situation that we're going to talk about that now it's mostly you just see her come up when it comes up. However, the man behind the curtain was really much more of the problem behind all of this and the crimes that were committed were for him and by him. So... um. Yeah, it's pretty clear that Andrade was the person pulling all of the strings and that Gloria became his safety beard or whatever we're going to call that in the guise of auditioning girls to be a part of her backup performers in rotation. So similar little bit of parallels that scares me still, and I I really hope it didn't happen this way. But like I said, I I knew that Dusty was choreographing for lots of girls on their alone and like even when I saw her that's what she was doing and this is that scares me um for in case anybody else got hurt in that situation this is what's happening here with Gloria as well so you know because you're a little girl with a female teacher she couldn't hurt me who's that man coming in here yeah you know especially if you're imagine being her parents 
and you're like, oh, I trusted you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then who's this guy? Yeah, yeah. It's a it's 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 horrific. Um, so in the, in Gloria's case, she would be the person to draw them in. They were obsessed with her. She was a fucking pop star. And these young girls with all this ambition would feel comfortable coming, going to see her after the shows. And we'll, we'll go into one specifically who wrote a whole book about it. Um, they would want to come audition to be a part of her team. They wanted to be a singer with her. They wanted to dance with her. And under the guise of having auditions, they would come with her to places, right? Um, a woman whose name is uh, Karina Yapor, who wrote a book called Revelations, Revelations, um, was one of those girls. And she wrote a full book in Spanish. Again, I have to thank Carolina for translating it for me. It was never written in English. She translated the whole book? She wrote, she read it and then gave me a synopsis and now is answering my questions. Okay. Um, but she, yeah, she basically gave me the entire book. Um, wow. Yeah, she's fucking awesome. Listen to No Dogs in Space if you don't, haven't started to. Um, so She's a real monk. A monk? Because they translate. Oh. Right. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Where are you going with that? I don't know. <laughs> it's like she doesn't have – she has sex. She has a husband. Yeah. Um, she's got great fashion. So anyway, the the beginning of this story is Gloria was 15 when she began a working relationship with Andrade, which further complicates the lines of when she, when she was a victim and where she can be held complicit in her crimes. Mm. And – the story of the victims in- involves this trafficking scam, but there, you know, again, a number of parallels to the Dusty story, especially when you speculate, which we did last time, about when Taylor Moore first met Dusty and at what age. He was most certainly an adult, but was she? I'm not sure. And I have a few leads I'm trying to find out from a, a few different leads if I can find further information about that past, especially Taylor's past. Um how, and, and it raises all the questions about how we should as a society handle sort of grooming situations like this criminally. Like, So as we wrap up this episode, I do want to mention that this, the reason I want to do this series is I think this is another form of traffic that, trafficking that we maybe don't think about but very much exists, which is trafficking to one powerful figure. And we saw this in the news with Ghislaine and societally we got a real earful of this dynamic with Jeffrey Epstein this is that kind yeah. of dynamic where she's trafficking for one man so we got the Jeffrey Epstein stuff but this happens all the time with powerful people right but where one party or one person with something wrong with them some horrible thing inside of them manipulates a, a younger vulnerable person or in the case of Ghislaine just a power hungry kind of yeah. useless human being that's probably how they got successful in the first place is just like not giving a shit about people's feelings yeah. I get mine I will snatch that out of your hands if I want it and then now they're up in power and then what do you want you want the unobtainable right children's souls trying to find anything to make you feel feelings or have emotions or feel joy in any way when it never works yeah so um, yeah and so in this kind of case in this sort of Safety beard kind of trafficking situation. It's this one woman, you know, Gloria or maybe allegedly potentially Dusty, you know, leading victims to the gaping maw 
of their respective monster. And if that's how they grew up, because we don't know with Dusty, but if that's how you grew up, that's what you think is normal. And now the trafficky becomes a trafficker, and it's a cycle. Right. And But then the question is, at that point, at least I have, morally, do they really not know at all, or are they trying to... Like the questions then become, are you trying to just save yourself and throwing somebody else in your wake? And then if, you, if you're doing that at 15, is that different than if you're doing that at 19? Because as an adult, that starts to become really hairy. And a lot of what Gloria was accused of happened after she was 18 Damn. as a trafficker, even though he started grooming her at 15. So when she became an adult woman and she was bringing him 12-year-olds. Whoa. You know. what? 12? Yeah. Damn. Um can you completely can you call her a victim at that point it's hard i it's yeah. i find that really difficult to say um i kind of i kind of lean on like no yeah she sounds like a victim um i but mean then, i kind of think she's but i i feel like when you are at a certain age and you see a kid who's so young and you still do it i kind of go like and that's just me you know we're just talking about it like just speculating on shit it's not like what i'm saying legally yeah when i was 12 years old i remember like i tripped in front of my school and like i was holding my books my school books and they like flew everywhere and i went no and i started crying like i can't imagine like looking at that and being like yeah let's give her to my husband yeah that's what i'm saying like even i don't know even i feel like even at 20 you you know that this is a little baby yeah i don't know but um but i often do wonder about how much taylor mitchell had convinced dusty that he was the one that was launching her career into the stratosphere because you know that's sort of how gloria was convinced i think in a lot of ways like she owed him he made her a star except it wasn't him she made herself a star but at that age you're convinced and that's that's like hollywood 101 some person who didn't really do anything being like i made you you owe me stuff and sometimes it's not trafficking with some other thing sometimes money or whatever but i think that i do wonder if that was something that the dynamic was within the dusty taylor dynamic because he did help again he helped her control media i wonder if he was dressing her telling her how to act and being like oh you're gonna be the edgy dancer i don't know i have no idea um and it can easily happen i knew a girl who was very smart forward had her life a head on her shoulders and she was into pageants and then she started dating this guy who would i saw them at the dinner table he's like babe are you sure you want that whole steak you should Mm. cut that in half and she was already really skinny, and she just had a steak, no sides. And steak is good for you if, if you just do that. He's like, you're eating too much. And he would, like, make her get on the treadmill and shit. But she was a smart woman. Yeah. No, of course. There, you don't have to – this isn't necessarily a dumb person no. this happens to. No, she legit to won pageants for the scholarships, like, did the thing you're supposed yeah. to do. Yeah. But that that's a mental prison, for sure. And I, it does make me think, too, like, I wonder – what would have happened if Aaliyah hadn't died? And I'm not saying she would have trafficked girls for R. Kelly, but I, I'd like to think she would have gotten away from all of it. But I think she would have had a lot of good insight yeah. into the man that he became because he does the same. He did the same thing. He had people get him girls who were safe. Other girls brought girls to him. Damn. And Aaliyah was like one of his first victims. Didn't Biggie have a line about her in a song? And she was about like a, like a young, young teenager. I forget the line. Um, I don't know with Biggie. I'm probably, 
But, you know, R. Kelly, quote unquote, made her. Yeah. And then married her when she was a minor um, and had groomed her. You know, yeah. I mean, it's that same dynamic, but we didn't call it that at the time. So, yeah, I just want to wrap this up. We're going to Gloria Trevi's story next episode. But, you know, I, I just want to say uh, for those of us in the theatrical arts, um, if you're a student and another student or instructor is making you uncomfortable, you, please tell an adult they have no right to make you feel like because you're in a theater or dancing, yeah. they, they are allowed to do whatever they want to you. Also, an adult is never going to ask you for help. An adult's going to go to another adult to ask for help. Oh, for There's, sure. Why would I go to a child for help? No, they wouldn't. Yes. And you need to talk about it. And maybe that person who's touching you in a way that you don't like doesn't even realize they're doing it. I'm saying that as a dancer. There is touching that goes on. So, you know, they need to know. You you never owe anyone your body in any way. No. And if that person is hurting you, it takes bravery to say something and you're incredibly strong and you're helping other people from getting hurt and you don't owe them anything. And teachers, if you're out there, please don't brush away concerns. And I'm not saying that Center Stage Dance Academy where Taylor was was intentionally covering his actions. I don't know how much they knew. But if they were getting word that rumors were spreading about Taylor Moore and they brushed it off or, or tabled it or, you know, made some excuse because they didn't want to disrupt rehearsals for the Dance Vision Expo or whatever the fuck they were <laughs> doing, you're doing the wrong thing. You have to Stop it. And I, I don't I don't like getting on this fucking soapbox and like telling people what to do. Get on the soapbox. But I'm saying as a dancer going through watching all of this happen, you have to watch out for inappropriate behavior. It can come from any gender. And you have to be aware if a teacher or choreographer is taking a child alone on private outings or having late night rehearsals, all of these things that were, they were describing were happening to them with Taylor Moore. That's not OK. No. Like that's not a, that's not a normal thing. You can't let them do that and be like, oh, they're just helping them out. You have to be there with them in the middle of the night. You can't just be like, yeah, this teacher is going to have a rehearsal with this 14-year-old at 11 p.m. so they have the space. No. 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 If for, if you, for nothing else, your own liability. Don't do that shit, man. Just like that can't be like that. You know, it can be – dance can be so intimate and – in, in a positive way. It can be beautiful and a, a great experience, but it's not a free-for-all. And – and I will say that my dance studio actually gave quite a quite a good sit down to us when we started doing pas de deux classes, which is partnering, um, especially because the ages can kind of vary a little bit in those classes. And it, I was probably about 13 and they did that. They sat us down to talk to us about what's OK and not OK touching, like that men or boys would be, you know, having to hold your hips and you can talk if you don't want to do that, like mm -hmm. and like explaining what the difference is and that if somebody makes you feel uncomfortable you have to say something like all that stuff and I really think I highly recommend that any dance teachers of young students do this yeah and just talk and say like their bodies are theirs and theirs only and they don't have to do anything they don't want to do and it's their autonomy at the end of the day because that's the giving kids self-autonomy and personal like confidence in their body is the only way you're going to prevent this because you can't keep predators away from them completely. They're going to find you. Mm. Uh, didn't you say someone found somebody on like a, a filter app or something? Oh, yeah. Karaoke apps. Yeah. Filter apps. They they go into – when we talked about on Parasocial, we're going to be talking about more this season. 
you can't just go, well, I have, I can watch their texts. They're safe. No. Those broken people who feel the need to chase kids will find your kids. They'll find You need to teach them how to protect themselves. And, uh, you know, your kid is going to grow up one day. And they're going to go see the real world and they're going to think everybody's lollipops and not everybody's lollipops. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people with lollipops, they're not good for your kids. No, no, no. But you Um, guys are lollipops. The people listening. Thank you. Yes. You're lollipops in the good way. Yeah. Um, Okay. That was really long. I mean, I feel like I was um, being a little bit of a... A little bit of a, a, a finger pointer there no, at the great, end, but dancing is so intimate, mm-hmm. and you want to, and you start off at a young age. Yeah, so it's a very easy place to just pick young girls up and say like, "This is normal for yeah. me to like press your boundaries," and it isn't. It's not. Yeah, I'm lucky that didn't happen to me in the dance world, and and it, uh, it makes so much sense why this would happen though. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just going to keep up. We're going to come back with the same series we're talking about Gloria next uh, next week, and but I'm going to be following this case really closely. We'll be waiting for the trial to happen eventually, and we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, yeah. Best of luck, lollipops. <laughs> Let's not start doing that. That sounds a lot like lolly. Con. Oh God! Those like little girls with the big old boobs. The the cartoons. I hate it. I found out what that word was, and I got so mad at myself. And as we know, small boobs equals feminism. That's right. I am Natalie Jean. I'm saucy, pert, and greasy. Sitting across from Amber Nelson, who is obviously also very saucy, pert, and greasy. Thank as you. always, we'll be back next week. Bye. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 